0: Time, this doesn't look as attractive as it once did, because you're fixing your eyes on the things of the kingdom. I'm just talking about a thousand that have a vision for their heart. They've got passion for God. They're leading intercession on their schools. They're set apart, consecrated under God. And they've got a vision and a mission for their life. I want to go straight to the Word of God, Jeremiah chapter 31, verse 31, and I'll read 31, 32, and 33. And I feel like, we'll kind of start here, I feel like Jeremiah 31, in this, in this particular passage of scripture, this is a promise that we have from the Lord, and every promise that God gives us is an invitation to enter into the blessing of that promise. Does that make sense, everybody? Okay, y'all a little bit quiet. Y'all were shouting down the preachers last week. I need some love tonight, okay? Y'all were shouting down Brady and Courtney and Kaden. Which, they were amazing preachers in their own right, but can I get a little bit of love tonight? All right, so help me preach this thing tonight. Jeremiah chapter 1, Jeremiah chapter 31. Here we go. The day is coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the people of Israel and Judah. This covenant will not be like the one I made with their ancestors when I took them by the hand and brought them out of the land of Egypt. They broke that covenant. Though I love them as a husband loves his wife, says the Lord, but this is the new covenant. I will make with the people of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my instructions deep within them, and I will write them on their hearts. Everybody say, write them on their hearts. I will be their God, and they will be my people. I want you to take a look at Proverbs chapter 3 tonight as well. Proverbs chapter 3. And I'll be reading verses 1, 2, and 3. And this is kind of where we're going to land tonight. Verse 1 says, my son, applicable to daughters as well, do not forget my law, but let your heart keep my commands. For length of days and long life and peace they will add to you. Let not mercy and truth forsake you. Everybody say mercy, mercy. and truth. Mercy. Let not mercy and truth forsake you. Bind them around your neck. And write them on the tablet of your heart. Now everybody read that last line with me. Write them on the tablet of your heart. One, two, three. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Bow your heads with me real quick. Father, I thank you for the power that is in the preached, spoken, declared word of God. I thank you that the seed of your word, Father, has the life changing power under the anointing of your Holy Spirit to transform every single person under the sound of my voice. I thank you for anointing, for power, for your presence as we look at what you have to say to us tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. Amen. Hey, this is week one of Blank Space, and I just want to title week one's, week, week one's message, um, what is written. Everybody say, what is written? Okay, so so look. So how many of you, and we're just going to jump right on in. How many of you in the last seven days, okay, in the last seven days, think about this, have either heard, spoken, or seen anything that you would classify as maybe uh, sexually inappropriate? What I mean by that is uh, pictures, lyrics to a song, a a commercial, a movie, or part of, whatever, I want you to raise up your hands right now, immediately, very quickly. Look around. Look around the room. Keep your hands up and look around the room. Yeah. Okay, you can put down your hands. And so, and so look, so, so look, see, 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 some of you, oh, you think how cute, how laughable. How comical. How, what, oh, you need to, we, but according to the word of God, it is detestable, repulsive, literally cause if God were a human and made him vomit, that's what he thinks. Of whenever we, and sometimes, and so I'm not saying if you are your and you're guilt-stricken. I didn't say how many of you pondered, took second, looks again. I'm just saying to bring out the point how we live in such a sex-saturated culture. It is all around us. Images, phrases, jokes, songs of different philosophies, pictures, videos. All around us, we have ample opportunities to engage This is a big deal, DSM. The reason why it's a big deal, and if you didn't look around the room, if you didn't see, there was probably about 98.9% of us said, yeah, I've seen it, I've heard it, I've overheard it. Someone text me. See, all of us, though we were all born in sin, the Bible says, and shaped in iniquity. In addition to that, whenever we, whenever we engage in, whenever we engage in non-Christ honoring friendships, relationships, we're non-Christ honoring environments. All of these different things, there's something that happens to us. Jacob, won't you come up here real quick? Jacob Northrop. Everybody, give Jacob Northrop a hand. This is Jacob. If you haven't heard Jacob's killer accent, he is from Arkansas, okay? And so, so Jacob, just tell him your name and this because this is so great, okay? Just tell him I am Jacob. I'm twenty. Uh, uh, tell him your age and tell him your favorite thing to do in the whole wide world. All right, hey y'all. I'm Jacob Northrop. I'm from Fort Smith, Arkansas. Uh, my favorite thing in the world is probably fishing. Of course, classic. <laughs> That's classic right there. All right. So, so look, you guys. It's a big deal that every single one of us have ha, ha, are immersed in this in this culture in this in this kind of impure culture all around us. Why is this a big deal? You see, every single time that we are, whenever our image comes before us, whenever whenever a song, whenever a song lyric is is, is, is sang, or our joke or, or or whatever, it something happens that kind of goes into our heart. see there's two ways for something to get into your heart it's the eye gate or it's the or it's the ear or it's the ear gate and so what happens is we're already we're already we already have an issue with sin because we we're born in sin we're in the we have a sin nature whatever so so whenever those things happen whenever we see image a joke a, 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 a lyric uh, whenever we engage the opportunity for it to go into our hearts is based upon what we see, and what we hear. Now we just read in the scripture that there is our hearts are like a tablet, and there are two things that Proverbs tells us should be written on our heart: both mercy and and and, and truth. And so, as we go through life, and as different things happen, and as different relationships happen, maybe. Maybe, uh, maybe it causes us to to question. You know that this is such a big deal. Well, like bisexual, or you know, or, or, or gosh, I'm just so I'm so hooked in. Like just the world of of like pornography, or or you know what? I'm just I am so incomplete. Okay, I I'm so see me by myself. That's just. It's just not not enough. And so, so every time we hear, every time we see, it's as though something is kind of being written on us. Whether it is, so we have impure, we have sin, lust, bisexual, in, incomplete, pornography. You know, uh, uh, you fill in the blank. And it's as serious as someone literally writing this down. Thank you very much, Jacob. So, what happened? Thank you. Proverbs four twenty three says this: "Guard your heart," and and for some of you. See, it's interesting whenever we start talking about different things. For some of us have been around for a while. And even as I was writing this message, I'm like, gosh, you know, Lord, there's, a, you know, what else do you have to say about purity? What, what else? Because I know that there are some of you, gosh, you've been going to church since you were six months old, you know. And, and you've heard, you know, and so many of you, this is maybe a verse that, that that you've heard many times before. And the temptation is just to say, gosh, I've heard that before. and But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to really encourage you, fight against that, would you? Because that leads to nothing but pride and arrogance. And we know where pride and arrogance leads us. Proverbs 4.23, guard your heart above all else. For it, your heart, determines the course of your life. Or one translation says, for out of the heart flows or comes the the issues of your life. And so what what that tells me is the quality of my life is oftentimes determined by the condition of my heart. And so for some of you, because I know gosh, guys are like, oh, what a cute little verse for girls. You know, guard your heart, girls. You know? And so, but, but what, what the real clincher is, is that for guys, it's even more important that we would guard our hearts as young men of God. I think because we try to pawn that scripture off to like, you know, because it says, well, guard your heart. Oh, you know, cute flowers, you know, guard your heart. And, and so the enemy, because we have no guards around, because we have no fences, because we have no lines of defense, it can very easily plant things in our heart. Why is it a big deal? Because what's in your heart, guard your heart above all else, for it will determine the course of your life. It will determine the course of your life of your life so again there's two entry points to your heart two entry points that you have to guard your eyes what you see and your ears what you hear those are the two doors for something to enter into the heart of man this is why the bible as we just finished the say i won't series hearing comes by faith comes by hearing and hearing comes by the word of God and, and, and all those different things. It's what you hear, it's what you say, it's what you see. That's the doorway to your heart. Now, see, what's interesting about this is the reason why it's so important that we guard. James tells us this, James 1:13 says, Let no man say when he is tempted, he is tempted of God. Because God can neither be tempted, nor does God tempt with evil. For every man or woman, whenever he or she is tempted, it's drawn away by his own lust, his own heart's lust and desires. Okay, and so let's put that scripture on the screen. Do you have John uh, James chapter one verse fifteen? Because the next, okay, so verse fifteen goes on to say, and whenever you give in to those desires, that gives way to sin, and then sin, whenever it is fully matured, whenever it's fully grown up in your heart, it will give way to death. Or destruction. But you see it does not start at the moment of temptation. It starts way back over here. Whenever you have let something get into your heart. And be written on your heart. That was never supposed to be written there. Do you understand this? See whatever is written on your heart. Will come to full maturity. It will manifest. It will determine the quality of your life. Unless you think it is a laughing matter, there's nothing funny about death. There's nothing funny about hardship or pain unnecessarily in this life because of something you have allowed to be written on your heart that was never supposed to be there. See, the whole idea of this blank space series is that we would come to the Lord. We would allow him to. To wash, to purge, to clean, to where we can present before. And he says, gosh, that's a blank space. Now, now, instead of you trying to write somebody's name, let me write over you your identity. Let me write over you your story of purity. And it will be powerful. And it will be full of redemptive grace. And it will touch and transform the lives of those around you. But as long as you allow things to be written on your heart that are not supposed to be written, what am I talking about? Well, it's as simple as, remember I said, the two gates, the two doors to your heart are what you hear and what you see. What are you hearing? And what are you seeing? What is it that you're allowing to come before your eyes? Now, of course, there is the classic, and, 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 and we'll go into a lot more detail with this, with just high school, even on the latter end of this purity series. Of course, I'm talking, I'm talking about a, a myriad of things, but not just uh, pornography and naked people and, and all, these, all this kind of stuff. I'm talking about what, what is it that is consuming your eye? Because what consumes your eye will consume your heart. And remember the quality of your heart, the condition of your heart, will determine the course or the pathway or the issues of your life. Now, some of us would say, gosh, I just, we have such an apathetic spirit to where we say, we really don't care. No, that's not true. See, apathy has been written on your heart at one point or another, and you just think you don't care. Everybody cares. Hell is hot. Eternity is long. You care about where you're spending eternity. Come on, somebody. We still believe in that around here. I don't, it's it's a big, it's true. Okay, and so so what happens is, you, so we, we, and then not only that in eternity, but the quality of our lives here on earth, you guys. And so what are you hearing and what are you seeing? Because those are the entry points to your heart and the condition of your heart will determine the quality of your life. And so again, what is written on your heart will either kill you or bring life to you. Whatever is written on your heart will either bring death or bring life to you. Jesus said, I come that you may have life, life more abundantly. So you can chase and seek after things to fulfill you. Those things will lead you to death. That's what I have to tell you. That's the truth of what Jesus says. But there is another way whenever you allow him, whenever you come before him and say, gosh, God, I really need for you. To write my story, I really need for you to imprint some things on my, on my heart, because I'm having a hard time figuring this thing out. I've been I've heard so many different things. I've seen so many different things. Mercy and truth, mercy and truth. Proverbs chapter three. Going back to Proverbs chapter three, let not mercy and truth forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet. Of your heart. Then this is interesting because I was just praying, asking the Lord, what is it about mercy and truth? Obviously, in this context, the writer of Proverbs is talking about wisdom and, and applying wisdom to your life. And then he talks about the blessings of wisdom, but it's so cool because mercy is so powerful. See, whenever we allow mercy to be written on our hearts, what we are saying there is that mercy can deal with every mistake in our past. See, Revelations calls Satan the accuser of the brethren. And I think for many of us, if we were honest, because of things that we have done, possibly because of things that were done to us, possibly because of things that were spoken over us, There are many times a war going on with us because we don't know what we know that we've done so much. We hear the truth of the gospel, but we find it almost too hard to reconcile the two. It's so hard to reconcile. But you don't know my story. You really don't know what's going on. You really don't know what I've done or what's been done to me or what I've engaged in or blah, 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 fill in the blank. But you see, God's remedy for this is mercy. Ecclesiastes says his mercies are made new for us every single morning. And so whenever we allow mercy to be written on our hearts, this is powerful because the mercy, the mercy seat in the Old Testament. I don't have time to go through the, the, the entire story here. But in the Old Testament, in the tabernacle, there was one piece of furniture. It was called the mercy seat. The priest would go into the tabernacle. He would sprinkle blood specifically on the mercy seat. The mercy seat was made of wood. It was overlaid with gold. It was special not because it was overlaid with gold, but it was special because it was the specific place where the priest had to sprinkle the blood to pay for the penalty of all of mankind, of the entire nation of Israel in that moment. Annually, he would do this repetitively. Now, what's powerful is in Romans chapter 3, verse 25. Paul says that Jesus became the fancy Bible word here, the propitiation for our sins. What's interesting about that is the Greek word for propitiation is the same word for mercy seat, which means that Jesus Christ, whenever he went to the cross, he literally became the mercy seat. He sprinkled himself with his own blood to pay for every sin that we have ever committed. So whenever the enemy begins to remind you of your past, this is why we can joyfully yell out, it is the mercies of God that I am what I am. We can have what we have in Jesus Christ because of the mercy seat. Because Jesus became the mercy seat. And it's powerful because it looks like a throne in which Jesus is seated upon. And so he is seated in the position of forever handing out mercy to his people. It's beautiful because God loves with mercy. Triumphs over justice. See, some of you are too cute to realize this, but in all of your arrogance and all of your pride, let's not forget, we're not that great outside of Jesus. You're not as cool as you think you are. You don't have as much swag as you think you are, as you do. And so it's because of his tender mercies, Ecclesiastes says, that we are not consumed, (laughs) consumed, consumed in a bad way, judged judgment justice uh, penalties it's because of his tender mercies and so what i'm saying is whenever you allow mercy to be written on your heart this is what it looks like stand up jacob see see all of the all of the stuff that was written before whenever whenever we say god i want you to allow i want you to come and i need you to write mercy on my heart again because there's some things that are written on my heart. And it's very obvious because I can look at the quality of my life. And I can look at the things that are going on. And the choices that I am making. And I know that there's got to be a disconnect. I need something new to be written on my heart. Now, nothing is written now. It's clear. It's clear. There's a blank space here. And what's beautiful about the Lord... Is that whenever we ask him for mercy, our heart becomes a clean and an empty canvas. And then what's powerful. So Proverbs chapter 3. Let mercy and truth never forsake you. Let it be bound around your neck. Let it be written upon your heart. See, mercy deals with your past. Truth deals with your future. Mercy will take care of everything that you've done before. Truth will prophetically call you to a higher quality of life, into the holiness, into the plans and the purposes of God. And so, whenever we say "Let mercy be written," what I'm saying is, let all the junk, let God deal with it. Within. Come on, this, let's not hide out. Let's not pretend. You don't have to pretend here at DSM. There's nothing you're going to say to me that's going to shock me. To say you idiot, you sinful. Idiot, just murderous, you treacherous, lustful dog. Yeah, that's, that's not what mercy looks like. Mercy says, yeah, you've done some stuff. Yeah, you've, you've done some stuff. Yeah, you've done some dirt. But let me clean you off. And let me erase, see, that word, propitiation and, and mercy. It carries with it the idea of atonement, which means to wash away. Which means to revoke the, the, what, what was, what, even the consequence there. Gosh, I am removing it as though it never happened. This is what mercy looks and feels like. And some of us have lived so long unaware, outside of the revelation of the mercies of God. This is who He is. He longs to bathe you in His mercy. But here's the deal. The Bible says that he resists the proud, but he gives grace or he gives mercy. He deals mercifully with the humble. He also says to those who are merciful, I will show my mercy. And so this is twofold. Twofold. Because some of us have been so judgmental in our words and harsh in looking around and looking at everybody else's sin and pulling out your little spiritual measuring stick. And, and, and so what happens is whenever you don't show mercy to the person next to you, God withholds his mercy from you. Oh, yeah, that's that's the truth. And so we we've got to learn to deal mercifully with one another. Whenever we see people doing crazy stuff. We, we, we don't gossip. We don't. We, we take it to the Lord in prayer. We authentically cry out to God and say, God, would you pour out your mercy on him or her? They are acting crazy right now. Would you pour out your mercy, God? Would you deal with them mercifully? Because that's how we would want to be dealt with. Amen? So let mercy be written. Mercy creates a blank space. See there, Jacob. Mercy creates a blank space. Truth is whenever God begins to write upon your heart and he begins to tell you who you are. He begins to tell you your future. He begins to tell you what you're called to do. He begins to call forth the greatness that's on the inside of you. I don't care what's been spoken over you. I don't care what you've heard your entire life. I don't care what you're hearing in your ear from the enemy right now. Truth declares a better reality. Prophecy calls forth a greater and a higher truth. You see what I'm saying? And, and so again, because w- some of to can feel, gosh, we're just damaged goods. We're just, gosh, I've gone too far. Oh, my God, how could I ever? No, no, no. You need to let God write mercy on your heart. And after he writes his mercy, you need to allow God to write his truth on your heart. So we come to him asking, God, would you create a blank space in my heart again? And this is, and so two groups in this room tonight, we, gosh, some of you aren't even following Jesus. We're glad you're here. You need mercy. (laughs) You need repentance. You need, you, you, you need to encounter Jesus Christ. You need to hear more. You need to know what he thinks about you. No matter where you've been, no matter what you've done, he is waiting to pour mercy out over you. He poured out all of his blood. And remember, he became the mercy seat. And so it's almost as though whenever Jesus went to the cross twofold, he was the priest sprinkling the blood on the mercy seat. And at the same time, he was the mercy seat receiving the blood, the atoning work to pay the penalty for our sins. God, this is life changing. This is a big deal. And so if you're not following Jesus, hey, tonight will be a great night at the beginning of this blank place here to say, I I need him. I just, I want him. I need Jesus. I just, I need him. I don't, I don't know what, but gosh, there's, mm -mm, I need mercy. There's all kinds of stuff that have been written on my heart and there's stuff that I've written on everybody else's heart too. And so, but, but mercy will meet you right where you are, you guys. But then secondly, there's those of us who are following Jesus, but we have been engaging in way too many things with our eye gate and our ear gate and allowing things to be written on your heart that were never supposed to be written there. See, this is this is the case, especially when it comes to in, in, in areas of sexual immorality or addiction to pornography, or gender confusion, bisexual, homosexual, lesbian—all of those things. Something has been written on your heart that was never supposed to be written there. You don't have to believe those things. You don't have to receive those. Well, that's just a, no. Let God write something different on your heart. I'm just addicted to that. No, let God write something. You don't have to be. Maybe you were before, but allow God to take mercy and begin to wash that off of your heart. And then allow him to speak his truth over you, saying you are holy. You are pure. You are created in my image and my likeness. You are righteous. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, you have a desire for the things of God. You are passionately pursuing holiness. You passionately want to please the Lord. You want clean hands and a pure heart so that you can ascend the heel of the Lord, as David talks about in Psalm. Too many of us try to ascend with filthy hands and impure hearts, and it'll never work out for you. You'll always come up Hanging in the balance. You'll always come up unfulfilled and unsatisfied. Anything you do halfway is never enjoyable. You'll never enjoy anything until you wholly throw yourself in. And some of you just kind of been teetering on the sidelines for far too long. And God is inviting you at the beginning of this series to say, you know what? Here is an opportunity for a fresh Start. I don't care who you are. Mercy makes no difference. So let mercy and truth. Mercy and truth be written on your heart. Again, mercy erases your past while truth forms your future. It's the truth of God that forms your future. See, you guys. Hey. Whenever truth, whenever truth is written on your hearts, this is what it looks like. How do I get truth your, on my heart, Pastor Brandon? I'm so glad you asked. But by, by, look, oh, this is a doozy because everybody can like chant and cheer for this whenever we're in service. But then whenever you get home and serve a story, you have got to read the word yes. of God. Oh, I know it's not popular. I didn't think I was going to get many claps. Whatever. You have got to read. The Word of God. That's about half of you. It's great. You've got, I know, Revelational, right? The angels came down and sang on that one. I'll say it again. Reading the Word of God and listening and or listening to God's Word. Hearing God's Word spoken over you. That's whenever it becomes written. It doesn't happen with you just kind of sitting down and crying or weeping and wailing. And all of those things are great. Beautiful. Repent in sackcloth and ashes if you have to. But after that, rise up from that place or else you're going to be back in sackcloth and ashes the next week. And then the next week. And then you're repenting. And then it's just like, what are you doing? Why, what, 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 what are you doing? So, so what we do is we we'll rise up from that place and we say, okay, Lord, now I need you. See, so what happens a lot of times is we stop at mercy. We say, thank you, Lord. I'm so forgiven. This feels awesome. And then, and then, and then, yeah, because we everything is awesome. And then, and then, the next week, because we didn't allow God to write truth on our hearts. Whenever the enemy comes again, because the truth has not been written, our future has not been formed according to the word of God, we're back in the same place. And so then the cycle just continues, and we're constantly crying, and we're, or we just grow cold and apathetic, and we get a cold heart, and then we pretend like we don't care, but we really do care. We just don't know how to get out of this mess, because we're so deeply entrenched in our sin, and we don't know how to get out. I'm telling you how to get out. Allow the, the truth of God's word to be written on your heart. Because if it is written, because if it's written on your heart, that will be the quality that will determine the course of of where you go, of what your life is like, you guys. See, whenever God's word is written on your heart, whenever somebody comes and tries to speak something differently, there's no match. It doesn't matter. I don't. You don't ma- I don't care what you have to say. See, my heart is already, there's something already in the space. There's no blank space for you to fulfill in my life. Therefore, I'm not going to chase after you because you make me feel good or because you make me feel better about myself. We need to stop with that kind of language. I hear too many Christians say, t- well, I'm dating her. She makes me feel better about myself. What? What? What about whenever she stops liking you? Then you're going to feel horrible about yourself. Are you crazy? Are you kidding me? you got to allow God's word to be written on your Your heart, not her name, not his name, not their name. Him. See, the creator. The creator is the only one who has the authority to say what the what the best use of this of of what my creation is. It is him. Come on, as the worship team comes tonight. God's word enters the way it gets written by what you see, seeing God's word. Guys, this is not hard. Take three to five or seven, God forbid, ten, fifteen minutes a day. And allow him to speak. I don't care if it's one verse, the same verse for 10 days. Some of you just need to start there. Some of you this week just need to go back to Proverbs chapter 4. And just allow God's word. Guard your heart with with, with, with all diligence. For, uh, for from it flows the issues of life. And some of you just need to camp out there for like 7 or 20 or 50 days. And allow that to be written. Because then that's written on your heart. I am one who guards my heart. So So in moments of temptation... No, 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 no. There's no match in my heart. I have a different truth written on my heart. So, whenever temptation arises, there is no match. One of the most beautiful things I've seen in scripture in the Gospels is whenever Jesus says, The thief of this world comes, but he cannot, he cannot overcome me. He cannot. And then he goes on to say, Because there is none of him in me, there's no match. But for many of us, because God's word is not written our hearts, whenever the enemy comes and, and, and a lie has been written on our hearts and the temptation comes, there's a direct match. So it's almost like we're just like slaves just being brought into Whenever it's a simple solution, hey, 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 allow him to write something different on your heart. So whenever the lies of the enemy comes, sexual temptation, whatever it is, it, 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 depression, whatever it is, Whenever that comes, there's a match. There's no match because in your heart, it's written, I'm secure. I know who I am. I am pure. So whenever impurity comes and and tempts you, there is no match. There's no connection. You're like, no, that's that's not who I am. I have a different reality written on my heart. And from my heart, the issues of my life will arise. Guys, I'm just saying, I want to see you guys living in victory in this area. You do not have to go around the same mountain for 30 years. There is real freedom. If it were not true, then this whole thing is a sham. We're all just wasting our time. If you can't find real freedom in the house of God, then this is all for nothing. Turn off the lights, kill the music, cut the... It's all, Go home. We're all wasting our time. If there's not real deliverance, if there's not real freedom that Jesus Christ can offer to us, I'm just saying, allow Him. See, the blessing of this, remember I told you every promise is God's invitation into receiving whatever blessing He has for you. Here's the real blessing. And those of you who've been around know this is one of my favorite verses on purity, Matthew chapter 5. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. See, for some of us, our eyes are filled with so much impurity, we can't even see God anymore. And you think it's well, you know, it's just it's not really working for me. Like DSM is just really not working for me. Well, like, how like well, how's purity working for you? What's before your eyes? What are you seeing? The real reward of living in sexual purity is you get to see God. And boy, is he worth it. Oh man, is he worth it. You'll see God. Psalm 119, nine, another confirmation here. How can a young person, how can a young person stay pure? Oh, Okay by obeying your word. But see, if God's word is not written in your heart, you won't obey. You can't. It's got to be written in your heart, you guys. One question for you tonight. What is written on your heart right now? What is written on your heart right now? Every head bow, every eye close tonight. Holy Spirit, I thank you for your presence in this place right now. You're the convictor when we're wrong. You're the encourager when we're down. You're the counselor whenever we are confused. You're the divine liberator whenever we are bound. You are the freedom bringer whenever we are oppressed. You are our exceedingly great reward. You're our hope whenever we have no hope. your life whenever we feel death all around us. Would you come tonight as you're already here and would you just examine our hearts? Oh God, there's so many in this place that need a blank space that have lies that have been written for years and years and years. I am asking for a divine outpouring of the mercies of God. Thank you that mercy deals with their past and that truth is right now forming their future. And it's a different future than what many have seen even tonight, even up to this point. Come on, just have a moment with Jesus.